1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today on Locked on Dolphins, we recap the fundamental issues with the Dolphins offense from 2023 and explore how feasible solutions are for the team for 2024.
2: You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. All right. Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everyday's, because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Picks easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100 today on the show. I'm pumped because this is the kind of big picture conversation that I live for in the off season. We spend two weeks doing performance reviews for every individual position room on the Dolphins roster, on both sides of the ball. We looked at head coach Mike McDaniel. We looked at general manager Chris Greer. We did performance reviews for everything, independently. You start at the microscopic level, and then you zoom out. And you take a look at bigger picture conversations. So we identified with all of these performance reviews, fundamental flaws with the running game with the offensive line, with the passing weapons, with the quarterback play, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And then when you zoom out and you look at the shortcomings of the offense down the stretch for the Dolphins in 2023, you look at all those issues and and now we can start to say, okay, let's start to formulate what the plan of attack can, could, or should be for the Dolphins this offseason to address these fundamental flaws to be a more complete outfit in 2024 so that you give yourself a better chance of surviving some of the hurdles that ended up tripping up this offense down the stretch. So this is this is foundationally segment one on today's show. We're going to be recapping problems that we found in 30-minute shows dedicated to individuals on the Dolphins offense specifically because I have four primary fundamental flaws and issues that contributed to the Dolphins' offense short-circuiting down the stretch in 2023. Those four, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to recap them quickly, and then we're going to talk about what the feasible pathway to a remedy is, whether that's time, talent, a total reset, or trust, which can be an uncomfortable conversation. And then at the end, we're going to rank how feasible it is for the Dolphins to address each one of them from one through four. And that helps set your off-season plan, so that way when we get to the off-season blueprint, which is my mock off-season in every facet, the why of why I would choose to sign player X or player Y or draft player Z. It all makes sense. This whole off-season path is a singular journey with the content that we're doing here on Locked on Dolphins. And I love it, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. So let's go back to the microscopic level. Four individual fundamental issues with the Dolphins offense. Run game ideology, quarterback play under pressure, a missing link in the passing game from a weapons perspective, and offensive line talent and depth. These were the four fundamental issues that all compounded on top of each other to varying degrees. To lead to the Dolphins offense being what it was at the end of the season, which was not good enough. Let's go with run game ideology first. What is the run game ideology that was an issue, a fundamental flaw? Light box count figures and mentality running into heavy boxes. The most direct example of this came in second half of Buffalo Miami week 18 when Mike McDaniel after the game talked about how they structurally changed their pre-snap looks on defense. And it prompted how they called the plays to get away from what the Dolphins did in the first half that they had so much success doing, which was running the football. As a quick summary, quick, again, there's 30 minutes on this entire thing when the running back performance revealed. But just to quickly summarize the data that was found in this fundamental flaw, Devon Achan had the sixth lowest incidence of running into eight-man boxes in the entire NFL amongst qualifying running backs according to next-gen stats. Raheem Mostert was 13th, lowest, eight-man box count. You contrast that against Christian McCaffrey in the San Francisco 49ers, which is where Mike McDaniel came from. Christian McCaffrey was one of two running backs in the league that ran over 30% of the time against eight-man boxes. Devon chan was like 10%. Raheem Mostert was like 13%. So one-third of the rate of the top eight-man box runners in the league. That's a fundamental flaw that if you're just going to roll the safety down and we're not going to run the ball anymore, that's got to get addressed. Now, again, we'll talk about the pathways to remedy and talk about how feasible it is. But the running game in particular is a little bit more complex because there's overlap there with the offensive line. So let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, scrouch of injuries, lack of continuity, and total snap count distribution. For the offensive line, uh, was really a problem. We we went through in the offensive line performance review, how many games, based on how many initial starters at the beginning of the season, were shared, and the offense played one game out of eighteen total this season with all five projected starters at the beginning of the of the season on the field. And you could talk about how the construction of the the outfit came up and whatever, but like Connor Williams or Robert Hunt. Those two guys played 100% of the snaps for you last year and both played less than 550 snaps this season. Here's how extreme it was. Teron Armstead played 524 snaps of offense this season. Isaiah Wynn played 392. Connor Williams played 497. Robert Hunt played 547. Austin Jackson played 989. Of the initial starters, one played more than 550 snaps. And you had about 1,100 snaps on offense. So one played more than half of the snaps offensively for you. Uh, it was so extreme that you could take offensive linemen six, seven, eight, and nine on the depth chart. And there's not a lot of teams that would be successful in this environment, but this is how extreme it got for the Dolphins. Offensive linemen six, seven, eight, and nine played more snaps than the starting left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard, respectively. Lee Michael Burr played 815 snaps. Lester Cotton played 616 snaps. Kendall Lamb played 613 snaps and Robert Jones played 418 snaps. So if you went from left to right and your starter was Teron Armstead and your backup was Kendall Lamb, Kendall Lamb played four snaps. If your backup right left guard was Robert Jones, which is how it ended at the end of the season. And your starters, Isaiah, Wynn, Robert Jones played more snaps this season, your center Connor Williams, your backup center, Liam Eikenberg. Liam Eikenberg played more snaps this season by about 300. And then your starting right guard, Robert Hunt, played 547. Your backup right guard, Lester Cotton, played 616. So your backup at four spots played more snaps than the star. That's a fundamental flaw. The missing link in the passing game. Uh, The best way that I can really boil this down is there was an intersection of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill injuries in the final five weeks of the regular season. The Dolphins against man coverage in weeks one through 13 were the most productive passing offense in the NFL against man coverage. Their production against man coverage in weeks 14 through 18 of the regular season when Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle's injuries happened uh, overlapping with one another fell from first in the league to tied for 25th against man coverage. You didn't have another pitch with your skill group because Braxton Barrows and Cedric Wilson are the guys stepping into that role. We'll talk a little bit more about them as far as pathways to remedy. But that contrast, when Tyreek Hill goes down against Tennessee and then misses the Jets game and then comes back, and Jalen Wilde immediately gets hurt after three touches against Dallas and then misses the next two games. Tied for 25th in the league for success against man coverage versus first, the first 13 weeks. It's a fundamental flaw. And the last is quarterback play under pressure. Uh, to a tongue of a low was middle of the road or worse in just about every meaningful efficiency measure and metric when pressured in 2023. Uh, 49% completion percentage, 67.6 passer rating, his completion percentage over or under expectation was 9 points lower than expectation. His off target throw percentage was 25 and a half percent All of that under pressure uh, is is they're they're not to the standard of Tonga below the player, but when you consider When you foil it against the rest of the league, it's middle of the road or worse. It does highlight that as a fundamental flaw as well. So those are the four fundamental issues. What are the pathways to remedy? That is what we're going to get into next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? If you ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class executive Google built-in is your always updating assistant for on-call for just about anything that you need. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Maps, Google Play Store are built right into the 12-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure, while the 2024 Nissan Armada will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, or Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com.
2: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode
0: So that was the unpleasant part of today's conversation, is going over all the things that uh, steamrolled on the Dolphins and compounded and stacked on top of each other to lead to a underwhelming finish for an offense that had so much promise at the beginning of the season. What are the pathways for remedy for each? Let's start with the run game ideology. I've tried my best to compartmentalize the pathways to remedy to four separate subsections, trust, time, talent, and a total reset. Trust would be uh, the coaching staff doing more of what you need to do with what you have. Well, this is play call rate independently. Uh, time is another solution that requires the players themselves to have more time on task. Talent is self-explanatory. You have a talent disparity between what you have and what you need. And a total reset is the whole thing just kind of needs to be whitewashed for one way, shape, or form. The run game ideology for me is two things, trust and talent. Uh, The need to trust the execution of running into heavy box counts is something that, again, you you can look across plenty of other similar run games and, and branches of the coaching staff from this coaching tree and see incidences of success rate. But Mike McDaniel in year one, when Raheem Mostert was the primary ball carrier, he had the fifth lowest eight-man box percentage in the NFL in 2022. It's about 10%. When Raheem Mostert prior to coming to Miami last qualified for next gen stats eight man box count percentage, it was 2020. And he was 24th lowest eight man box count. So in San Francisco, Raheem Mostert got the call about 50 to 60% more often in eight man box counts than what he has in Miami. I believe it was the eight, 18, 19%. So in a different environment, this player, has been charged with doing this thing more. And Raheem Mostert added weight this offseason to handle the workload of being a more featured player in the offense. So some of this is trust. You have to trust your unit to execute in heavy man box counts. This is your third and fourth in shorts, your goal line situations in the run game. And Miami They actually averaged more yards per carry on runs between the tackles on the season than they did to the perimeter. Some of that is the explosive play nature of getting outside, runs for loss if guys on the edge are losing blocks, the longer developing time for those plays to get out of the backfield in general. So there's some context as to why that's the case, but both Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert averaged more on their runs between the tackles than they did to the perimeter of the season. Some of this is trust. Some of this is also talent. If you need a big bodied guy to do that, you don't have that guy. Jeff Wilson was that guy this season for Miami, and he never really got any burn. His eight-man box percentage was about twice the amount of Devon Achan, but it was never a consistent featured part of your offense. So I don't know if there was apprehension to get him involved or what. But the guys you trusted most to be the ball carriers in your offense do not have a body type that lends itself particularly well to being a hammer between the tackles. So I think there's a talent opportunity as well for a remedy, pathway to remedy. The offensive line I have down as a total reset. It's both talent and depth. And this is one part's expiring contracts and one part's actual talent of the players that you have under contract. So what the Dolphins are going to be charged with is determining who are your pillars of this unit. Tie yourselves to them. And the rest of this group, there's going to be an opportunity to churn quite a bit. Reminder, expiring contracts on the offensive line, uh, I think this is a total reset just for the nature that Isaiah Wynn is an expiring contract. Connor Williams is an expiring contract. Robert Hunt is an expiring contract. Kendall Lamb is an expiring contract. Robert Jones is an expiring contract. And you have Teron Armstead, who is a player who uh, I don't think is feasible unless he decides to walk away from the game for you to move on from in the here and now, but is a player who you should be planning on starting to begin the process of phasing out. All of that adds up to a group that I think the, the most direct pathway to f- fixing is to reset the unit. Now, with that said, there is also a uh, trust element here for the offensive line. You have to trust law of averages says that the extreme degree of injury that you experienced in 2023 is not going to hit you again in 2024 uh, because it it is supremely uh, outlier amount of volume of snaps taken by non-starters and the amount of injuries that you experienced on that unit. Now, some players, like Teron Armstead, you expect are going to come with an injury or two throughout the course of the season, or three or four or five. I love Teron, but uh, there's been more than one occasion in his two years in Miami where there's been three-plus body parts on the injury report. It's just the nature of, of Tron Armstead and who he is, and that's why he was available for you to sign at an average of $15 million per season when you sign him to a contract. As far as the skill players, uh, the missing link. This is a talent issue. And you can address the talent in one of two ways. If Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle play 17 healthy games, This can be resolved without any personnel additions because I think those two playing off of each other uh, is one of the core foundations of what this offense is. And once you lost that compartmentally, over those five final weeks of the regular season, the, the numbers speak for themselves. So I think if you get them both back healthy and they stay healthy, that will allow the talent issue you experienced at the end of the year to be resolved. That said, really, if you add another singular element to the passing game, be it a third wide receiver or a tight end, uh, I, ideally a diverse player with a bigger body type to add more flexibility and ambiguity to what you're doing. I think that really opens the door for that issue to be resolved where you're not so dependent in the passing game upon the presence of those two cornerstone players. You need to have more to fill in the space behind them. And that's a talent issue and a talent issue alone. As far as the quarterback plan to pressure, this is where it gets a little uncomfortable because the remedy here is time. Uh, There's a certain element to this variable that is volatile year over year from a statistics perspective. The Dolphins received better play under pressure from Tua Tagovailoa in 2022. Case in point, uh, completion percentage, 49%. This season, it was 52% in 2022, so a few percentage points better. Uh, his passer rating in 2023 under pressure was 67.6%. It was 81.5% in 2022. His completion percentage over or under expectation was 9 percentage points under expectation in 2023 under pressure. In 2022 under pressure, it was 1% lower than expectation. His off-target throw percentage in 2023 under pressure was 25.5%. His off-target throw percentage in 2022 under pressure was 15.5%. It almost doubled this year. And he actually held the ball longer under pressure last year in 2022 at 3.02 seconds than he did this year under pressure at 2.95 seconds. His yards per attempt, 5.72 yards per attempt in 2023 under pressure. Under pressure in 2022, that was 6.69 yards, almost a full yard more per attempt under pressure. There is a certain degree of volatility with year-over-year predictability of play under pressure that makes it um, something that – How you tie yourself to fixing, it's not particularly direct. Uh, I think you can look at year three in the same offense and a better, more concrete understanding of the entirety of the offense and more time on task with time should allow, give you the opportunity to have more efficient decisions when you have to make decisions quick. It's the unfortunate reality of quarterback play under pressure is one of the fundamental issues with the offense this year. So that's your your sneak peek and your spoiler. Segment three is how easily can these four fundamental issues be addressed and insured for improvement? Uh, I think you could probably read between the lines on where we're going to go with quarterback, player, pressure. But we'll talk about all four of them and rank them in order of feasibility of addressing and improving them for 2024 up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA. With their three percent match this offer is good through april 30th get started at robinhood.com boost subscription fees apply And now for some legal info. Claim is as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from date. A first 3% match must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% match matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is registered broker dealer.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So what order can these be addressed as far as most to least feasible based off what we know, the data, and projecting what the Dolphins have at their disposal this all season. I think the most easily addressable is the missing link in the passing offense. I think you need one player, because you do have backs that contribute in the passing game. And your most direct pathways, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, don't consecutively get hurt in five weeks, or in a three-week stretch, really. But even if they don't get hurt, this, this is a matter of adding one asset to your ranks. And I think that because of the lack of layers involved makes it the most feasible for improvement for the Dolphins this offseason. I think the offensive line talent and depth uh, is the next most realistic for being addressed and ensured an improvement. Because there's a level of this that is health. We went over the injuries, but also the degree of expiring contracts that you have is going to facilitate you Choosing who you invest in. They've already chosen to invest in Austin Jackson. This is the uh, the three-year contract extension that he got in season. He's the pillar right now. As a former first-round pick and a very young player who's only going to continue to get better, it's a pretty good bet to place. Who else do you want to tether as the cornerstones of this group? And then whether that's veterans, rookies, internal development that you're hoping on. I think there's enough change that will be spurred out of necessity because of the contracts that are expiring. If I look at the group, Toronto Armstead will be here unless he chooses not to be. Austin Jackson is obviously already committed to. We went over Robert Hunt and his situation yesterday with a 30 minute deep dive on contract negotiations for him. That would be my other player that I tie myself to definitively and would not be shy about it. I think you need a starter at center and a starter at left guard. Now, the good news is guard market, it's not a premium position. Finding a veteran player should be fairly feasible and in your budget for the first wave of free agency. You have Lee Mikeberg who has played center. Do you want to put yourself in a position where... That's your incumbent going into the draft and you hope value aligns so you can draft a player and then have competition and potentially a starter and then Lee Meikenberg becomes your utility backup guy for the interior, play all three spots. I'd bring back Kendall Lamb for sure. Robert Jones, if the price was right, I would be interested in having back. I would not be interested in retaining Isaiah Wynn. I think Connor Williams is going to price himself out and I think Lester Cotton's a replacement level player. So I think he got three or four out of the top nine and then the fifth being Teron Armstead long-term that you need to be ready for as well. I think the next most easily addressed and ensured improvement is the run game ideology because there's some of this that's just a level of trust and maturity from the coaching staff and the play calling. I think you do need a new element in the room, so I think you do need a piece here. But the reason this does not rank higher, even though it's really only one piece if you were to add, is the execution of this is so highly dependent on other position groups and position rooms that's not the running back room. So because it's so dependent on the offensive line and the play caller, I can't guarantee that it's going to get the improvement that it needs because it's not a direct one-for-one of, oh, we just add a back and it's done. Or, oh, the coach calls it more oftenly and it's done. I can't in good conscience put it in front of the offensive line issues Uh, as far as being addressed and ensured improvement. Because it depends on the offensive line for it to happen. And because there's an extra layer stacked over top, I can't guarantee the growth is going to be there. And that is, again, why quarterback play under pressure is the least easily addressed and guaranteed. Now, you, you can circumvent this in one way for sure. Better mitigate how often your quarterback is under pressure. Because when he's not under pressure, your quarterback is amongst the tops in the league. But we went over the data. 2022 versus 2023 to a, of a low. There were significant drop-offs in all of the measures that we pointed to under pressure. That's volatile year over year. What that looks like, you can't guarantee. There's plenty of optimism for growth because of the dips in 2023 versus the play in 2022 in the same conditions. But you can't guarantee it. And this quarterback skill set at this point is largely fixed and unlikely to change. And it doesn't give him consistent avenues and exit strategies and plans to circumvent pressure, other navigating within the pocket and throwing from the pocket. So the only thing that you can guarantee that you can do to fix this and guarantee it is have your quarterback under pressure less often. And that is, is also extremely dependent on your offensive line and your play calling and the skill group and the ability to win early in the reps. So that's my list, your four fundamental flaws. The pathways to fixing them, uh, run game ideology, quarterback player under pressure, missing link in the passing weapons, and the offensive line talent and depth as a whole how easily they are addressed and ensure an improvement. I think missing link in the passing offense is the number one. Could be a tight end, could be a wide receiver. I think the offensive line, because of expiring contracts, is indeed the second most likely to be addressed and improved because I think you got some replacement-level players you can get out of here. Specifically one that played over 600 snaps for you offensively this year. Your run game ideology Is next, and then your quarterback play under pressure is going to be the most difficult to ensure and guarantee improvement from 2023 to 2024. So, as we move from here and we talk about why I would do or what I would propose or how I would strategize attacking this offseason and addressing the needs, this is a foundational show because all of my whys are going to be defined off of this strategy off of these shortcomings and how I address them and check as many of those boxes to try to ensure and prompt as much growth as physically possible and ensure as much improvement as we can possibly achieve with the resources the Dolphins have. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. I'm out of here. Fins up.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.